Man, hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in and taking time out of your day, whether you're driving or riding or at work on headphones, however that works, thanks so much for tuning in. You're going to want to find, as you have in this entire one series, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 4 through 6. That's our main chunk of the text. We'll be in other verses um, as well, and you'll be able to see those on the screen or you can follow along, but you definitely want to make sure that you're there and you know where that is on your device or uh, in your Bible. So uh, we're going to be uh, kind of unpacking in this one series what that's about. But before we go any further, let's pray together, you and I, uh, for God's will, that we may know his intention as we mind the truth of his word. God, we ask that the Holy Spirit will be so close to us as we looked at that last time. And we pray, Lord, that in all of our listening and all of our living that you will help us to be able to discern what your truth is and, and how we can live it for other people and uh, to bring you glory and to make disciples and to see your good done. And uh, God, we ask that you'll help us to know the truth of this word and not only what it means and for what it meant for the Ephesians, but what it means for us and what you would have us to become because of it, how we become more like Christ in it. So bless us, Lord, be with our nation and the globe as we're all seeing and fighting different struggles all over, um, as things are taking place, Lord, might we as Christians be a source of hope for those out there that don't have any hope and, and to bring the light and the truth and wisdom and bring justice and grace together. Because when you have both together, boy, that's really when it works well. That's when your will gets done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now we're in this, in this series, we've looked at one Body, one spirit. Now we're looking at one hope. And we're going to kind of see like why this is so important to God. So I want you to find Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. That's why I had you go to 4, because then you just go back a couple chapters. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 really gives us the push behind God's beating heart behind Jesus' resurrected, dying on the cross passion for this word. So look at Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 12. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. So we're talking about all the Christians before they were actually Christians and all the people who aren't Christians now, this is you. So remember that you were separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. If, if you've never studied the promises of God from beginning to end in the Bible, do it. But it's incredible. But here's the tension. Here's where everyone is who is not a Christian and outside the body of Christ guaranteed but also those who are christians and the body they too can lose hope so look at this so they're strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without god in the world we look at the protests we look at the riots we look at um, covid what's kind of just nationally taking a back seat in the news but all of this is generating we've got people who don't have jobs people that they can't get back to their normal jobs. Their pay's cut, but they do have a job. What are they going to do about their family? Their businesses exist, no longer exist. There are so many things. And in that passage of Scripture, it talks about having no hope and without God in the world. And that's the great tension of why we're talking about we've got one hope as Christians. And, and even, even beyond Christians, the world only has one hope. One thing it should put all of its hope in, push all of its time, all of its chips in, if you will, to this one hope. And here's why. In that passage of Scripture, it talks about 
um, being without hope in the world. When we move away and step away, or for us on the coast, drift away from the source of our hope, we falter. When, when our hope drains out, when our hope reservoir in our heart is empty, we falter and stumble. And one of the things that can drain your hope the quickest is what you fixate yourself on. What are you always watching? What are you always listening? What are you always standing up for? What are you not standing up for? What you fix yourself on impacts directly your amount of hope. You ever heard the phrase, misery loves company? How do you even know you're miserable? Well, you, you see other miserable people and then, and then they just gather together. What you fixate yourself on impacts your amount. So what, what are you putting in? What are you listening? What are you watching? How much are you in the Bible? How much are you not in the Bible? How much are you praying? How much are you turning over to the Lord to let Him work versus holding on and, and hoping that you can figure it out and do it better? Or maybe at the last second, pray to God and He'll deliver you from all the mistakes you've kind of banged up and put up. I mean, what is all of that? And how is all of that in? What are you fixating yourself on? So I want to give you this one thing that comes out of the Scripture so that you will then be able to um, fixate yourself on something that, that's appropriate, right, and true and will never let you down. So here's the one thing. Hold on to faith in Jesus and hope grows. So if you hold on to faith in Jesus, hope's going to grow. Hope's going to move forward. That's what we have to look on. So you've got to start figuring out how do I hold on in faith to Jesus so that my hope grows. If you, if you hold on to anything else other than Jesus Christ, other than God the Father, other than the Holy Spirit, your hope will not grow. People will let you down. Amen. You know that. You're going to let yourself down. In fact, probably no one in the world lets you down more than yourself. Kids will let you down. Bosses, employees, employers, neighbors, friends, acquaintances, enemies, all these people will eventually let you down. Your safety nets, your, your finances, um, how you do your time, your efforts, your efficiency in life, all, all these things can let you down. But what will never let you down is Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. They will never let you down. That's why you've got to hold on to Jesus, and then hope grows, and then hope grows. So let's look at our main passage of Scripture here, um, verses 4, 5, and 6 out of Ephesians chapter 4. And we want to look at these because we're looking at this one deal. As we're coming through the phases and different states and countries are coming through out of their phases of the pandemic. And then, of course, we're seeing protests and, and rioting and then all kinds of natural disasters and earthquakes. We're, we're wondering, where can this hope come from? So let's just read these verses. Verse 4, there is one body of Christ, one spirit, the Holy Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. So Paul's speaking to the Ephesian Christians, and because God's word is eternal, right, and true, he's speaking to Christians today. Christians today. So if you're not a Christian, you're kind of listening in to the family meeting. Verse 5, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So we're looking specifically at one hope. We've already talked about the one Holy Spirit that unites us and binds us as Christians. We've already looked at the one body of Christ, 
which is Jesus is the head and directs it and guides it to fulfill God's will. But right now we're going to look at this passage of One Hope. So maybe you underline it, circle it. Um, I know I've highlighted in, in my notes all the times the word one is there. I mean, you got three verses and it's just one, 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 one. There's just this great covering over us, Christian, um, that has that. And when we talk about hope, I want to make sure we're on the same page. So I just want to hit this briefly. But hope is a joyful, confident expectation of eternal salvation. And then it's the call to embrace it. Simply put, you're a Christian. When you die, you know you're going to heaven. If you're not a Christian, when you die, you know you're going to hell. The Bible just tells us that. It's very clear. It wants to give you a warning. If you can't swim, don't jump in the deep end because you're going to die. If you don't have Jesus, your Lord and Savior, then don't expect to go to heaven because you won't. You can't. No one will be in heaven who isn't put their hope and trust completely in Jesus Christ. He's our one hope. So that's the call, right? Where it says that one hope in verse four that belongs to your call. You're invited. Christian, you've been invited to be saved and you responded to that call. You, you answered the phone. You answered the call. And you said, yes, Lord, forgive me for my sins and my wrongdoings. You, you have been in that. And you have an expectation that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. And it's a good, right expectation. Because you are. You're saved. You're saved. But if you're watching this, you're not a Christian. Look, you, your hope is in the wrong thing. I just know that. I can just tell you that. I've lived there. I remember what it was like before I was a Christian. And my hope was in my speed or my strength or my intellectual ability or my finances or my youth or all kinds of other things or my parents or my family structure or my job structures. Those things were going to sustain and care for me. And I learned real quickly that those aren't always going to be able to be perfect and right and true like Jesus is. So if you're watching this, you're not a Christian. You need to move your hope and shift it. Re repent, as the Bible says. Turn 180 degrees from what you're putting your hope in and just go towards Jesus Christ. What I like about this passage of Scripture when it talks about one hope that belongs to your call, when we realize it's about salvation in Jesus, the home of hope is your heart. So the home of hope is your heart. That's where it resides. It's supported by faith in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And hope can't be taken away from you. You can only give hope away, as so many of the precious treasures of God are. I mean, do you realize that? Like Nobody can take your faith. Nobody can make you believe something you, you don't want or are not willing to believe. They can take your life. They can take your money. They can take your family. They can take all your possessions. But nobody can take your hope. Only you can give it away. And I think that's just so powerful. So if you're hopeless or your hope is real low, then something you, you've given it away to something and it's not is not replenished it. It's not refilled that hope that's there. So think about that. Why is your hope so low? Or maybe you've got high hopes in something that you know it's not going to fulfill it. High hopes that this is going to take place. High hopes that that's going to work out. And that's not really what's going to happen. So my encouragement to you is to realize that hope resides in the home of the heart. And that's where it fills up. And, and just think about it, all the times you've ever been hopeless. Isn't that just true? You're just, your heart feels empty, weighed down. There just isn't anything there. 
But man, here we see this, that we know there are people in the world like Ephesians 2, 12 did, that are living in the world without God and they have no hope. But Christians, we have hope and we are supposed to share that with others. That's the one hope we have. Every other Christian we see, regardless of their denomination, if, if they're saved the way the Bible says we need to be saved and they're Christians, then boom, we're all under the same hope. And we need to give hope to others. There are people protesting and rioting who don't have any hope. There are people who are still worried and concerned about the economy and and diseases and pandemics and viruses and they need hope and that hope is jesus christ look at acts chapter 4 verse 12 acts chapter 4 verse 12 this is why i talk about this because if you're an ephesian and you're reading this letter or someone's reading it too you're gonna ask well what, what do i put my hope in how how do i get more hope maybe that's the real um just catalytic question where do i get more hope how do i have more hope look at ephesians 4 12 and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. That's the name in which we are saved. And with absolute clarity, our hope is rooted and revealed and realized in Jesus Christ. So if you're a Christian and your hope is real small and your hope is draining and fleeting, then you would look and go, man, how are my roots? How am I with Jesus? How am I close? You just need to remember your first love of Jesus. Maybe you need to remember these promises that you have, right? The hope that we have that one day all this is over and we're all going to be Christians in heaven with Jesus and all the other Christians before us. So that should help us to sit up more straight, to have more urgent interaction with people that we see, to be more open to what God has because hope can be shared and people can receive it, but you can't force hope on people. But you can embrace it. You can embrace Jesus Christ. You can rest peacefully no matter what happens in this world because there is no other way through but Jesus Christ. And I think that's so great. I think that's incredible. One hope. Jesus. Not a million, jillion things that we have to try to do and standards we have to try to reach. Jesus who, who paid it all. Jesus who lived the perfect life. Jesus who died on the cross and was resurrected by God's power. And he died for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. Not Christian talking to you. person who's not a Christian doesn't follow Jesus. And not follow Jesus' ways. That's never enough. Jesus in their heart, completely surrendered, totally sold out, doing all that they can to live. That's what I'm talking about. Those people give other people hope. And it's not an ignorant hope. It's not a blind hope. It's not a hope to say, oh, the pandemic's not real. Oh, those, those riots aren't real. All oh, those protests aren't real. All oh, my neighbors aren't really suffering. Oh, there's no hell. Oh, there really isn't in heaven. Oh, life's just going to cease. It's not a faithless hope. It's, it's a purposeful one that simply says, trust in Jesus. And then you can allow yourself to find yourself to just freely receive the gift of grace. To just confess your sins and all your wrongdoings, those sins of commission and omission, the ones you know about and don't know about, and ask Jesus to be Lord, leader, and great love of your life. And say, I'm just going to follow you and to the, to the best of my abilities, be faithful to put what you before me. Hope can be given. And it can just be laid out there. That's your responsibility, Christian. Your responsibility is to put hope before people and, and hope that they'll receive it. Non-Christian, you, responsibility right now is to receive the hope and salvation of Jesus Christ. That's our one hope. That's our one hope and what Jesus 
can do. And that's why we're all under that, all Christians. That's why I say no one is going to be in heaven who hasn't been saved by Jesus. Not one single person. Nobody gets in the back door. Nobody sneaks in, climbs over the fence. Nobody does. Nobody does. So rest peacefully that there's no other way but Jesus. It's, I love the simplicity of it. I love how easy God makes it. He makes it this easy for guys like me. Just look, There's one way, and just remember one thing, just one thing, Jesus is our hope. Is our hope. And I want to talk a little bit about the world that we live in in Romans 8, 38 and through 39. Um, what we're going to see here, and I, I want to spend some time on this, is because I think it applies in every single generation and really kind of every day that we do. If you have any sort of awareness of what's going on nationally or even in your town, uh, you know that there's lots of bad stuff going on and not just riots and pandemics and protests and all those kind of things that people exercising their civil liberties and rights, which they should. But we also know that there are things that um, people really get caught up in that they can't let go of. And it's the fixated part. It's a fixated part. We're going to talk a little about these fixated things. Look at Romans 8, uh, 38 and 39. For I, Paul, am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We as Christians have no reason to fear and every reason to be hopeful. Let me, let me clarify that a little bit and, and let me explain that. Look at all of the things in these verses that Paul says to the Romans. And remember the Romans, if you're a Christian in the time of Paul, you're being killed, fed to the lions, getting murdered by gladiators in the Colosseum. Your, your whole families are being martyred because you're worshiping and following after this Jesus. And not only the Romans, but um, the Jews were also coming after you as well because of uh, oppression. Paul even says it. He, he even did that. So what you see here are all of these things that can be distractions and get people caught up and focused on. And these are things that we don't put our hope in, right? Death, fear of death. We don't have to let fear of death, life, angels, rule, any of that stuff overwhelm us. But we can be hopeful because what it says at the end of verse 39 nothing is going to be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So once you're saved, no one, no thing, no evil powers which we fight against, no spiritual dark forces, no person can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Maybe your boss at work or your neighbors are just really hard and restrictive on any sort of religious belief. Maybe you're a teenager and your school doesn't allow you um, to demonstrate very well your faith in Jesus Christ. Or wherever you may find yourself, it's just restricted. And, and the Bible tells us, Paul tells all Christians everywhere, that nothing can separate us from our hope. Remember when I told you it's just something we give away? It's true. When you feel hopeless, it's because you've given away hope and you've given in to life or death or angels or rulers or heights or depths or circumstances, something in creation to go, man, I've just lost hope. But is Jesus any less powerful because you've lost hope? No. Is he any less powerful today than he was back in the New Testament or in the Old Testament? Nope and nope. We really have no good reason to lose hope and every good reason under the sun to trust and follow and obey and put our hope in Jesus Christ. And that is my hope. So when you run into people and it's going to be happening, or when it happens to you and you're tested and tried to give up hope because of one of these things, ah, well, finances or 
oh, well, I just, I don't have enough time or, oh, I really just don't feel fulfilled in, in my trade. I just don't think that I'm being used the way that I need to be used. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Get into the word, study the Bible, go where other Christians are meeting, get with other Christians, do whatever you need to do to get around people who are around Jesus and watch your hope fill up. Yes, there is uh, misery loves company, but there's also strength in numbers. And that's why we have this one hope that covers all of us Christians. We're saved. And if you're watching this today and your hope is out, what you need is more Jesus. I don't, I don't care what kind of person you are, where you live, what country you're in, how much money you have or don't have or things you have or don't have. If your hope is waning and you're concerned about life and everything, then you need more Jesus. And especially if you're not a Christian, you need Jesus to save your soul. And that's what you need to be saved. And you need to not wait for today. It's too long. You're going to need to do that right now. To just bend your knee and say, Jesus, bow your head and submit your heart and say, Jesus, just forgive me for my sins and fill me with hope. Because that's what the world needs from me right now. Wherever you go, work, worship, live, or recharge, go and take hope with you. I want to, to bring out just, I mean, if there was a motto for Christians and people just to kind of instill hope, I, w- I would say this to you. It's, a, it's Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 21. And it says this, I, I love this verse. Um, for me to live, and this is Paul speaking specifically, and, and I hope it's the heart cry uh, and the battle cry and the life cry for all Christians. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It, it, it's a courage for God because of your expectant hope in Jesus Christ. What's the, as a Christian, what's the worst that can happen to you if death actually comes? You're going to wake up in everlasting glory. You're going to be in heaven where there's no sickness, where there's perfect health, where you're with all the other Christians that came before you. Not only the great Bible greats, but the great Christians of your family heritage and ancestry. You're going to be in a place where you never die again. You're going to be of perfect health. You're going to get a new body. You're going to see Jesus face to face. You're going to be able to to, to hug him and see him and see his wounds. You're going to be able to lay your eyes on Jesus, be able to interact with the Holy Spirit and see him as well. I mean, heaven is incredible. So for you to die is simply a gain. To simply a gain. And to live as Christ. And that's what I love. So what about rulers in life and the present things and powers of this world and the heights and the high highs and the low lows and all of creation and and things that do try to separate us from the love of Christ? What do we do? We just live our great hope and we just live our Christ. We just say, you know what? If I bake cookies for a living, I'm baking cookies for Jesus. And every one of these cookies is going to be prayed over. Every person that comes in is going to be prayed for whether they want to or not. Maybe sometimes whether they know it or not. But I'm just going to live with just absolute vibrancy and fervency. There are plenty of things out there taking away hope from people. So let me just free you from that. You can stop taking hope away from people. You can stop bellyaching. You can stop worrying. You can stop stressing because Matthew 6 just says, look, God knows every bird that dies. God knows everything that happens. He knows all the hairs in your head. He knows everything. So just increase turn it up fill it up in your heart all that's out there for hope it's a courage to go out there and say you know what i know there are bad things going on and i'm not going to turn a blind to it and i want wrong things made right i want justice to happen but i'm also going to offer unmerited favor and grace to people and extend that to them when they come 
And I'm going to let them know that, that it's okay to mess up and fall down. And there, sure, there's consequences, but there are ways to redeem that and to be forgiven. And, and I'm going to let that. I'm not going to hold grudges. And I'm not going to be hurt. I'm just going to live free from the shackles of hopelessness because we have one hope. And that hope is in Jesus. And that's where the one thing comes in. To hold on to faith in Jesus and hope grows. Hold on to faith in Jesus and hope grows. Now you might be saying, but, but Nathan, I've, got, I've actually got tons of hope. I have lots of hope. Hope for my family. We're living for Jesus. We're, we're trying to become more like Him. We're trying to respond like Him and think and feel and act and say like Him. What can we do? And then the great thing about hope is, and this is what I love about hope, is that hope can be something that, that never ends. It never runs out. It, you can live every single day full of hope. Because what is hope? And hope, as it's described here, is a joyful, confident expectation of your eternal salvation. And it's an invitation to embrace that. Remember, no one can take your hope away. It can only be given away. And it's hard to say, and it's tough. And, you know, part of me is like, should I even say it? But it really is. If, if you have like a lack of hopeness, there's, there's no one to blame but yourself. I mean, there isn't. No one can steal it. It's not a piece of clothing or jewelry and go, oh, someone stole my watch, someone stole my hope. No, hope resides in the heart. And if you're a Christian, you have a hope that Jesus has saved you and sealed you in the Holy Spirit and you're going to go to heaven. So my challenge to you is instill more hope. So people come and they share their burdens. Yes, they bring their doubts in. They bring their concerns in. They bring all of that with them when we come to worship together. They bring that in when you're talking to them at the beach, hanging out at the pier, in the grocery store, across the fence as neighbors. They bring their lack of hope. And then that's where you could go here. Let me just give you a big old bowl, a giant cup to drink from, and you drink from it. And his name is Jesus Christ. Get with other people that love Jesus, that are studying his Bible. Jump online on our Thursday night Zooms. Come to one of our um, two worship services. Meet with other friends and neighbors that are Christians in your homes. Get with people. Walk the bridge. Surf the waves. Get with other Christians and just say, let's fill each other's hope. Don't get fixated on anything. Man, turn your eyes. You know that song? Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You are a person of hope, Christian, and you don't ever have to be hopeless ever again. Just fixate and turn your eyes on Jesus. And I would say to you, not Christian, as we close, it's time to turn your eyes to Jesus. You're not getting out of this can't wait for today don't wait for five minutes from now 10 minutes from now an hour from now to be saved right now we're going to pray so that you can be saved and receive the ultimate hope into your heart which is jesus christ so just just pray with me as we pray together god as a person that's been against you searching you asking questions about you i just come before you now and say god forgive me for all of my sins and i want to receive the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that He paid for all my sins. And I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I want to live under this hope that the Bible talks about. And I want to go forward in a new day. So forgive me for my sins. Save my soul. Jesus, be the great Lord, love, and leader of my life. That I'll just do what You say in Scriptures to do. Become who You see me to become. 
which is better than who I am now, and that's a good thing, a really good thing. So God, for all those out there watching, for all those out there kind of listening as it's playing through speakers and headphones, if they're not a Christian, save them now as they confess that you are Lord, you are Savior, and that they're going to live the biblical Christian way. And God, for all of us who are Christians, I pray that we'll just be hope presenters, that we'll live in hope, that when people get dragged down because of the weights of these worlds and the things we talked about in Romans 8, that, they, that we'll be there to, to lifeguard them, to buoy them, to raise them up, to drop a ladder, extend a rope, a helping hand out so that they may come up, Lord. May we go out of this just full hope and go, you know what? To live as Christ and to die as gain. No matter what happens in my life, I know I'm going to be in heaven and that's forever. And this life is just fleeting. I might have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years left. But that's just a whisper of time to where I'll be an attorney forever. So help us to live with hope and go, look, we love Jesus so much, we're just going to live for Him. We're going to live for Him and do all that we can. God, we thank You for this awesome opportunity that we have to grow into hope and in the hope that hope isn't based on persons, places, or things other than Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So fill us with hope. Help us to find hope in the verses of your Bible as we pray. Help us to find hope with other people because living a solitary life can lead to a lonely life and leading a, leaving a lonely life can lead to a life that's alone. Help us not be alone. It's one spirit. We're the body of Christ. We've got one hope. Let's find each other wherever we are and encourage each other and just bring more and more people in. We love you, God. It's for your glory and your grace and our good that we do these things so they may all know the precious name of Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.